Recovery is not a solo endeavor, it's a team sport. You need a community around you to cheer you on, to lend an ear, to pick you back up when you fall. That's what Foundations Recovery Network's Life Challenge Program is here for. We are a positive, motivational community aimed at breaking down life's barriers and celebrating the accomplishments along the way. Our motto is, Dear Life, Challenge Accepted. Are you up for the challenge? Go to lcaccepted.com or call 615-221-5861. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Sober Guy Radio. Thanks to humans for bringing us in, and thanks to you for supporting the show. We're live on the last day at Innovations and Recovery Conference in San Diego, California, at least my last day. And uh, it's brought to you by Foundations Recovery Network, the amazing sponsor uh, of Sober Guy Radio. Uh, big thanks and much love to them for bringing us out to uh, hang out with some great people, talk some recovery, and uh, help spread the word of hope and uh, meet some great people. Um, it's awesome weather here, as usual. And uh, we have some great guests. We've had some, uh, some, some awesome guests lined up, so be sure that you go back and listen to this whole series. That's the IIR uh, 2017 Sober Guy series uh, with all the great guests. Uh, today we have the chair of American Addiction Treatment Association, um, Harry Nelson, joining the show. And uh, Harry's here to, uh, to talk about some very interesting things, and I'll let him get into that. Harry, uh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming. Shane, it's great to, uh, great to be with you today. Yeah, so uh, let's jump into a little bit of, about um, the AATA, or American Addiction Treatment Association. Uh, what are you guys up to there? So yeah, we started the American Addiction Treatment Association, AATA, about a year and a half ago. And uh, basically it was built, I, for about 15 years I've been working as a lawyer and consulting with uh, addiction treatment professionals and programs around the country. And we, we had a lot of information that we've developed in working with people and solving problems around fraud and abuse and uh, reimbursement. And so we basically wanted to find a way to get information out to the industry. Our feeling was that the addiction treatment space would be a lot better, that life would be easier for providers and that care would be better for patients if we could help spread the word and help establish standards of best practices around a lot of confusing issues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there, because, and we kind of chatted before, um, you just say the word insurance and I almost cringe because it's, it's a tough topic and I know many people feel like that, many families out there, um, you know, with, with all different kinds of elements to it, it can be very, very confusing at times. Uh, what are some things um, that, that you can provide to help just the general dude like me or the general family out there listening um, that, that might help them understand it a little bit? Better. Well, I think it. I think it's very. It's very confusing. You know, the world of uh, of coming into an addiction treatment program, distinguishing between you know, distinguishing between good programs and and programs that have work to do. Yeah. Between safer pro ones that I like, are, I like how you uh, uh, worded that. Nice. <laughs> He's a lawyer. You got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Optimal. We say suboptimal a lot. Yeah. So uh, so the uh, you know it's very important as a, as somebody who's whether you're a, a, a potentially a client or a family member, it's very tough to sort out which are which programs are really doing a good job are using evidence-based proven approaches and unfortunately like everything sometimes there are places that have good intentions but aren't 
you doing the engaged in best practices and sometimes unfortunately you have people who get more focused on the bottom line than they do on patient care and so we've we've tried to help establish standards around things like uh, marketing and what are what are appropriate marketing practices things like urine drug testing a lot of the th- areas that where addiction treatment is still sort of catching up to a lot of the rest of the healthcare yeah, world yeah. how does how does that relate to um, to to well, how, do, how does healthcare and insurance relate to the recovery industry? We're hearing a lot right now about um, about coverage for people who are in recovery who need help but don't have access to treatment, maybe because they don't have an employer providing them insurance. Or how does how does your work that you're doing play into that? And how can people um, um, get help if they need it? Sure. So it, it's a little bit of a feast or famine situation. Before before we had the 2008 Mental Health Parity Act, and before we had the Affordable Care Act and the minimum essential coverage requirement that every insurance plan cover addiction substance use disorder treatment you know it was very hard if you if you if you had really good coverage through a large company with a generous benefit you might have coverage but for most people most middle class people their insurance didn't include anything to help with addiction treatment yeah. and and so all of a sudden you know we started seeing around 2012 just a boom when and it was in many ways it was great news for the industry that finally insurance companies had to provide coverage but like everything uh, you know they took it was take it was given and then it was taken away and a lot of yeah. so we we try and help people understand exactly how the insurance industry works how the ins- what the insurance companies are looking for how to make sure that you meet documentation and medical necessity standards and how to be on the lookout because it's a it's a constant cat and mouse game yeah. the insurance companies have a big pool of money that gets paid to them whether by your employer or by you if you buy an individual policy and they're trying to figure out how to hold on to as much of that as possible and not pay for your for the yeah. care that 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 that, that, you, that you that you want or you need and so uh, and frankly a lot of patients are disconnected from how much it costs and they don't even realize what's being billed in their name so there's a lot of there's a lot of gray area that where people can discover that they they have co- they, that their benefit was all used up if they're not careful it's like yeah. it's yeah, a, there's a there's a lot a lot of a lot of tricky things to navigate so we we have a lot of experience over the years working with hospitals nursing homes you know uh, uh, doctors groups that we've been able to take and apply to uh, addiction treatment and it's really this at the end of the day the insurance industry is the same you know the 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 the, the service is different right yeah, PHP yeah, yeah, yeah. and IOP and the things that people in the addiction treatment acronyms, world a lot of acronyms yeah. <laughs> this, this whole world is all just you got to know the the acronyms but it, it, even though the terms are different fundamentally the services are in the same category and they play by the same rules and yeah. so it's it's about knowing what the coverage actually what the medical necessity requirements and scope of coverage are knowing what the benefit is and unfortunately there's often a lot of fighting to make sure that you get covered to make sure that the providers get paid and so that's yeah. a, that's a, that's an area where we've we've got a lot of uh, hand-to-hand combat over the years yeah um Obviously, there's a lot of a uh, lot of talk right now in uh, in the political perspective from um, you know healthcare moving forward with healthcare. How does that how does that relate to uh, the recovery community itself? Um, bl- frankly, I'm pretty much tired of all of it. We all have our own personal opinions, of course. Whatever, that's our own you know that's our own view. Um, with directly related to the recovery community, like let's start with. Um, how is healthcare affecting the recovery community, or how is it helping um, the recovery community as it stands right now? And then after that, let's get into moving forward. How, sure. You know, what, what are some things that we might see? So we're in a period of transition, right? Like so, I said in 2012, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, established yeah. that substance use disorder treatment was part of the minimum essential coverage. It didn't matter if you had your plan from a large employer or a small employer, an individual plan up bought on a health exchange, insurance yeah. exchange, you, you you were entitled to it. Now that's been thrown into question. We're in a period of transition. So yeah. 
on January 20, uh, President Trump's first day in office, he put an executive order in place that said uh, federal agencies shouldn't enforce, should relax some of the enforcement of the uh, Affordable Care Act. So insurance companies, so whether you're a patient or an insurance company, it's a time of confusion right now. Yeah. The insurance companies are, are trying to figure out how to, how to you know, sell insurance products yeah. and, and how, to, how to do so profitably. And, 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 and I'm not, it's not, a lot of times people think it's good and evil. It's really a business proposition. Yeah. So, so yeah. they're confused. They are providing a substance use benefit. Uh, you know, so the, the good news is that the benefit isn't going away, but it's also confusing. It's confusing for patients, right? You, yeah. they, what was it before prior, though, to 2012? If So not every, just to help me understand it, it um, not every insurance provider was obligated to send somebody through treatment if um, if they needed it. Is that to my understanding how that's it correct? Works? Yeah. And once that went in place in 2012, they were basically um, now obligated to do that. No, no questions asked. Yeah. So if you okay. go back, if you go back 10 years ago, uh, you know the the I say 10 years deliberately because 2008 was also an important. The Mental Health Parity Act was a big change in the law. But if you go back pre 2008. Basically, it was up to the insurance company. Addiction treatment was was viewed as not necessarily part of healthcare. So some some plans did cover it. If you worked for a large company that had a generous health plan, they many of them covered it because they they had a big workforce and it was a practical issue. If you have if you have if you have thousands of employees, you're going to have people who have uh, addictions and, and addiction and need addiction treatment, and so a lot of them provided it. But a lot of those small employer plans and the individual plans uh, didn't. They had they either had no benefit or a very very limited yeah. you know benefit for an outpatient program. So what happened in 2008 was mental health parity. What was the federal law that said insurance companies can't discriminate between behavioral health conditions, including expressly including addiction and uh, medical conditions. It, it basically it's all one and the same. But that was so that was a first step, and insurance companies weren't quite sure what they were required to do. So we saw a little bit of movement in those years, but but it was it was more you know, the fundamental idea with parity was that they couldn't discriminate against addiction treatment. It didn't say they had to provide it. That was where the Affordable uh, Care Act came in. Okay. So the Affordable Care Act, with, with the minimum essential coverage, it said insurance companies you must provide this as part of your package. Everyone, and so that's so now we're at a period where part of what the Republicans are are coming back and saying is well, if you force everybody to have a co- uh, this coverage, maybe not everybody wants it. The example that the Republicans always give is of pregnancy coverage, right? If I'm a 25-year-old uh, unmarried man, I don't. What, why should I pay for uh, uh, pregnancy coverage? So the insurance, so the Republicans want patients and, and insurance companies to have more freedom to figure out what policies work for them, and, and so they're going to they want to take away the requirement and, and make it more flex of a flexible benefit. And that, is that kind of the, the individual mandate? Is that what that equates to? So the real question is, uh, the individual mandate was part of the Affordable Care Act. The question was, how are you going to pay for all these uninsured people? You had 40 to 50 million, depending on whose numbers you use, people back at, before in 2007, uh, 2008, you had, you, had, uh, you had about 40 to 50 million people without insurance. They, a lot of them were people who were unemployed and people who were um, who had jobs that were lower paying jobs that yeah. didn't include insurance. Yeah. So those so so the question was how are we going to pay for um, and a lot of these people had were, were sick people with chronic conditions, a lot yeah. of diabetes, heart disease. So we knew that when we opened when the Affordable Care Act opened the floodgates and basically said we're going to make insurance affordable for everybody that there were going to be a lot of sick people and the question was how to pay for it. And the answer was to make young healthy people pay for it. So the individual mandate the whole point was yeah. Basically, if you if you look at a graph, 
of when healthcare costs really start to rocket. It's in the most for most people. It's in their late fifties. That's when the diabetes, the heart disease, the got lung it, disease, all that stuff hits. Yeah. And it's like in the United States, it's an upward curve. That's, I'm talking about that later today. Yeah. So, so the question is, it's all those people in their forties, thirties, and twenties. If we make, it's a little bit like the idea of social security. The idea behind the, the mandate was, we'll make those healthy people pay in, and that will give us a pool of money to deal with the the sick, sicker people who need who need care. Yeah. What if I die when I'm 39, though? I don't get any return on my investment, <laughs> damn it. No. It's a little what like is, yeah. social security that way. Yeah, yeah. So what is... Um in, in in your like, what are you seeing moving forward, man? In the in the healthcare industry, in the addiction and recovery community, I think. Look, I think it's um, you know, in some ways, there's a little bit of a constant battle between insurance companies and, and providers because providers always want more money to do give more care, and insurance companies, like I said, are trying to protect that pool for the catastrophic event. And yeah. so, so you know, what I what we see happening is. Uh, um, you know, the, the last seven years have changed the way that ins- it's been a learning process for both the industry and for um, and for insurance. And so we, it looks like we're entering a period now, at least for the next four to eight years, where the insurance companies are going to have a lot more flexibility. Yeah. But the benefit is it's not going away, but we think it's going to push towards lower cost and much more evidence-based standards. So we're, yeah. for example, one of the things I'm talking about today is we, we, we see a growing role of outpatient, including outpatient detox, and a, and a smaller role for residential. It's yeah. not that the benefit's gonna go away, it's just gonna be more limited, and uh, um, and so it's gonna you know the, the reality is there's gonna be opportunities for plenty of addiction treatment providers and there'll yeah. be services, but they're gonna be more uh, more value oriented and not and not it's not gonna be the the high end treatment programs are gonna be if people are going to those they're gonna either have a very generous insurance plan from a big employer yeah. Yeah. or they're gonna be paying out of pocket. Yeah, and you, I think you I can't remember now what what word it is exactly, but the gu- you, you've mentioned a couple times about guidelines and about standards. I think it was standards. It seems like that there's a lot of um, a lot of standards that are just not clear yet and is that kind of some of the things that they're working on and that your work that you're doing is helping to establish those standards and have some set guidelines uh, to follow to do things uh, the, the right way I guess yeah I think you know my sense is that for most of the last until the last seven eight years this was kind of nobody was really the government and the insurance companies weren't worrying about addiction treatment because they weren't paying for most of it yeah so yeah. for example you had a, you had a, a um, you didn't it wasn't sort of being under it wasn't a, addiction treatment wasn't under the same pressure as say cancer or heart disease to meet uh, evidence-based standards and so people were you know and I, I don't and I'm not taking a dog I don't have a dog in this fight but uh, but 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 the whole issue of whether the social model you know, uh, anonymous abstinence-based works, or whether it should be medication-based approach. We're only yeah. we're seeing that play out that that fight over what's the right approach. Yeah, uh, play yeah. out. And now, th- right now, and it's funny. That's it's the kind of issue that in other parts of healthcare played out 20 years ago or 40 years ago. And it's only it's only because once you have the scrutiny of government and a di- and, and, and and reimbursement, and it was only after the insurance industry started paying for it that they started driving this intense focus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, man. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of elements, a lot of components. I'm glad this your job and not mine. <laughs> I know you probably have a a ton of work that you're that you're into. Uh, if anybody uh, wanted to reach out, wanted to get more information, um, uh, where could they find you at? Where could they find more information? So at? we the the AATA website is um, addiction-tx as in treatment addiction-tx.com. Uh, I'm at uh, um, nelsonhardeman.com. That's my law firm. I also have we have a book out the, that I'm talking about this afternoon. Oh, uh, nice! From uh, from Obamacare to Trump Care, why you should care, and the website on that is uh, 
TrumpHealthCareBook.com. TrumpHealthCareBook.com. I'm going to check that out uh, definitely. We're uh, we're excited about it. We, we actually just found out yesterday that from a, a, one, a senator ordered 100 copies for uh, really? for Senate colleagues, and the book's being passed around on Capitol Hill, so we're getting a lot of good good buzz That's about awesome, it. That's awesome, man. I'm going to have to check it out. I like the cover, too. The cover's like perfect. You know, <laughs> Uncle Sam, we didn't want to kind of, we, yeah. it's like a Uncle Sam with a thermometer. Just to, he, He's not, he's a little sick, but he's, you know, he's going to be okay. That's our message. Yeah. It's going to be okay. The message of hope right there. I love it. He's a little sick. We're all a little sick, but we're going to be all right. When did that come out? We came out with it the uh, second week of January. So yeah, oh, we were, so recently then. Yeah, it's, the it's, it was we right after the election. We we wanted to really try and, and we were trying to be hopeful. You know, there's yeah. a lot yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people worried right now in addiction treatment and, and frankly across the United States, people are some people are excited about the change. Some people, yeah. a lot of people are worried about it. And we wanted our big point was we need to have a constructive dialogue yeah, because agree. there's it's the, it's complicated stuff. Addiction treatment is complicated. Healthcare is complicated. Yeah. And the only way we get to a better system is by really working together across political differences and, yeah. and oh, yeah. you know well yeah and I think uh, the, the issue um, you know if we're talking about recovery that's the, that's the main issue here and we, we, we should all be able to come together and kind of set individual opinions aside I feel like but I do got to say this one thing that I and, uh, that I don't think gets enough um, enough attention is the fact that our president has a personal connection to the recovery community with his brother his brother passed away from alcoholism. I don't hear people talking about that enough, and I, I think that um, I think that that with all the other BS that's going on, it gets overshadowed, and that's an important that's for me personally in in this community. That says a lot about a person, and the fact that he's sober too. Doesn't drink, doesn't use drugs. It um, never has in his life. Why aren't we talking about that more in this community? I think I think it's a great point, Shane. I you know that he's. I think there's. Uh, I think the. You're making a fantastic point. I, people don't don't engage on that issue enough, and yeah. and I think we need to move away from negativity. Again, regardless of whether you agree with the policies or not, I think he's. I think he. I think he does have a very human approach, and I think yeah. that I think really engaging with his personal connection to this issue and the way it's affected his family would be a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, because we all connect. We all connect when when we when we have a, a personal connection to it. When there's a story behind it, um, and we can all relate relate to that. So. I, I would say, um, you know, I, I would love to talk more about it, and I hope to hear other people bringing it up a little bit more. I mean, it's it's been it's been touched on here and there, but I think it is a very, like I said, I don't want to repeat myself too many times, but it is a very important issue, and um, it's not it's not being talked about enough. Yeah. We, yeah. By the way, one of the, it's interesting. A lot of people think that the Republicans just want to roll back all of uh, care, but one of the things that's interesting to note is that they are actually going to start forcing more addiction treatment, opioid treatment programs yeah. into the states because it is a priority, right? There's a, there are different visions about what the right way to go about yeah. addressing the need is, but it's also there's clearly a, it's a priority uh, it's a it's a priority for on both sides of the aisle, just yeah. di- different approaches. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, well, what, what time is your? Uh, are you speaking to three three thirty? I'm three thirty. Yeah, nice. And you're, and you're are you talking about Trump Obamacare? Yeah, it's called the uh, the title of the talk is from Obamacare to Trump Care. What's next for addiction care? Got it. So got it. Uh, yeah, we're I'm excited to uh, have a chance to share some ideas and hopefully it'll give give people some things to think about as yeah. they go forward, whether they're patients or providers, and yeah, you know, thinking about the next the next steps in the industry. I uh, I like what you're doing, and I really get the feeling that um, that you're helping 
uh, some people come together and connect and, and not uh, not focus on the negative stuff that's going on right now because there's a lot of that and it tends to over to override I think through media um, the actual truth behind uh, you know what's what's really going down <laughs> I, I appreciate it no you know my my sense is that the media just oversimplifies stories because we yeah. have short attention spans they're, yeah. get, they're getting shorter by the minute <laughs> and uh, you know we got to make the story really simple and unfortunately when it comes to addiction treatment, you know, that means headlines that are just unfortunately not there. They often are focusing on the ugliness. Yeah. And the reality is that the reality is that almost the vast majority of people are, try, are, every, are trying to do the right thing. It's very rare that somebody and, and, and the, the real story doesn't get out there. So, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I hope that our work will help uh, will help help get that message out there. Yeah. Harry, give out the website uh, one more time, man. It's uh, uh, addiction. www.addiction hyphen addiction treatment.com. And uh, uh, and the book, yeah. The book. Go, go ahead. The, oh, book, the, the Trump, TrumpHealthCareBook.com. Yeah, check it out, folks. Uh, Harry, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, Innovations and Recovery, San Diego Sober Guy Radio coming to you. Uh, big thanks to Foundations Recovery. Peace, love, respect. Go to thatsoberguy.com for more information. Keep your blood clean.